At Redeemer, as we continue growing in our understanding of our own story, we are gathering and sharing the stories of the people in this place. With our podcast, Interrupting Grace, Living Into the Way of Love, we will share these stories. The stories of grace in action, the stories of love in the world, the stories of living the way of love. How are you the Interrupting Grace? The Way of Love at Home series is part of our Interrupting Grace podcast. In this series, Philip Duvall and I will discuss Life Transformed, the Way of Love in Lent. God's people prayed throughout their exodus from slavery in Egypt. The Israelites cried out to God. Moses cried out on behalf of the people. Miriam gave thanks with tambourines and dance. In this episode, we look at the different ways we pray. O God, God, whose whose wonderful wonderful deeds of old shine forth even to our own day. You once delivered by the power of your mighty arm your chosen people from slavery under Pharaoh, to be a sign for us of the salvation of all nations by the water of baptism. Grant that all the peoples of the earth may be numbered among the offspring of Abraham and rejoice in the inheritance of Israel. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians." For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord." when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. The angel of God who was going before the Israelite army moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come to the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord and the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. 
He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The story of the Exodus is one of the most important baptismal stories in the whole Bible. In the blessing over the water, which we pray at every baptism, remember that the Hebrews were liberated from bondage in Egypt through water. One of the most interesting aspects of this powerful story is the way prayer has been woven through every step in the Israel step the Israelites took in their path to liberation. When they were afraid and even doubted, their prayer was heard by God, who told them that he would not abandon them. When they were about to be overtaken by Egyptians, their prayer for deliverance was answered. Moses was given the power to part the sea, and they crossed on dry land. Finally, when they were safe, the prophet Miriam led a prayer of rejoicing and thanksgiving with song and dancing. Each of these prayers is important to the story and the relationship built between God and God's people. So that's a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. I just read a lot. <laughs> it was all good, though. <laughs> so You, you could have read a lot of something else. I would have enjoyed it a lot less. <laughs> Great. Um, so for you, looking at these um, prayer styles, which one speaks to you most? Which one comes naturally? Oh, I think naturally for me, it's a mixture of intercession, no, petition and penitence. Yeah. Just to say, I ask God for a lot and then I admit that I'm a mess up a lot. And I usually they're connected. Look, God, I know I'm screwing up here, but here's some, I need some help if I'm being right. honest. Right. Yeah. What about you? I, I think my, my one that comes naturally is adoration. Oh, please tell me how that, how you experience that. Um, I think it's one of those things where I have, uh, and I think it comes from my mom too, of recognizing um, uh, God's presence around you always, and in everything that you're doing, right? And kind of, kind of reveling's not the right word, but like sitting in it. Um, and and uh, well, then the other would be um, Thanksgiving. Because again, for me, those go hand in hand. Mm. Um, can we back up to the reading, though? Please. Can we? <laughs> How do we? Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, I also I don't know why I thought this whole experience happened in like a very small period of time. Mm. 
And I think that was you watch it in movies. That's what where it lasts two minutes. Right. Even like, did you ever watch, um, what was it called? Storybook. Did you ever watch those Mm -hmm. videos? No. So they, my mom would get us these like, um, cartoon versions of the, of Bible stories essentially. But it was, um, like the covers were like storybook and it was like superhero. Like the, the characters weren't superheroes, but it was like branded superhero. Like, um, yeah, no, I, I can vividly see it and it's like weirdly dubbed over. And so now we're seeing this, this is lasting like a day or two. Right. It's a long time. Yeah. And it's, um, that, so that struck you. What does it do? How does it transform the way you hear it when you think of it? It was harder than, it it was more work than I thought it was. Mm. Which in this context, I think is why this reading is here, Mm. Um, right? That there's the the two sides, um, God and God's people. And I think that's the, at least the biggest takeaway for me is that it's, it's a, it's a working relationship. Um, It is. And it is. And this language in uh, 13 and 14, when Moses says, do not be afraid, stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to keep still, which obviously they, they actually, he says that. And then he's like, but seriously get across the river. So like there's work, right. (laughs) You have to keep still once you get to the other side, like there's still, but that idea of, um, that idea of you just said it. And like, there is something for us to do. Mm-hmm. And yet part of what we have to do is literally to have someone say, the Lord will fight for you. And you have only to keep still is when you read that today, I just I got goosebumps, man. Just, yeah, it's, it's that and that and the, um, from the perspective of people who have been, so knowing that this reading is, mm. we're, we're using this reading to think specifically about baptism. Mm-hmm. Normally, right. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. But that baptismal language mm-hmm. and that idea of like this being a, because that thing we read at the beginning, that this is somehow a precursor to I, baptism yeah. makes you read it differently. Very much. And that, again, when I read that, I thought I hadn't thought of that either. Yep. I mean, maybe somebody has said something along those lines, but, you know, even the idea of, of Moses's hands over the water and the blessing of the water and, and, and looking to last week of, um, I don't know what the relationship would be, but that the death of sin, right. Mm -hmm. That, um, the death in theory, the oppressor. Yeah. Um, yes. death of the oppressor is being um, manifest in this. Yes. In a way, I mean, the language of it 
the, the Egyptians that you see today, you shall never see again. Like is a way of saying like, this isn't the, this isn't the story of you. Like this isn't the end of you. This isn't oh how, yeah. like, like this is the end of something owning you. That's done. And this isn't, these aren't a people and this isn't a thing that you have to be afraid of. Right. Wow. Right. Um, to a people who are beleaguered, who are beset by so much pain and fear mm -hmm. and suffering. Um, and the idea that we think about, about baptism being a death and a rebirth. Yeah. So them crossing the sea is the birth of a new people. Yeah. And the death to the enslaved Israelites. Well, even that language of, um, you know, going towards something, the fire moves, right? Yep. The fire is behind and then the fire is in front. Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm, that's the right mm -hmm. direction, right? Yeah, and they're going and they're now going towards it. Yeah. 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 It's pretty great. Why do you think they chose this these this reading for prayer? For prayer. Right. Because there's not so, a very specific Right. So and looking then down Moses prayed, right? Right. So going down the Book of Common Prayer defines prayer as responding to God by thought and deeds with or without words. Hmm. I mean, go on. Is Miriam dancing with tambourine at the end of this? Oh yeah. Is that right? She's she's got her tambourine. She's dancing with praise. Yeah, one of the earliest one of the earliest extant um, pieces of scripture. They actually think that the song of Miriam predates the song of Moses. Mm, that's interesting. But then he said it later and louder. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Oh, a man came in and said it all, said the same <laughs> thing Miriam said just louder and now we're paying attention. Got it. Got it. Mm, oh man. I I think that this reading is probably in this place. Because it is so, at least from how I see it, so very different than what we see prayer. Yeah. Day to day. That would be my my take on it. Okay, so I've been working with a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, I may have even said this to you in this set. I mean, we may have talked about this last week and I just don't remember, so we'll see. But you just mentioned when you were talking about the style of prayer that you that you actually gravitate towards was was adoration, was just enjoying the presence of God, which is to say acknowledging yeah. and celebrating the reality that God's with you right now, which is, mm -hmm. as you said, was gifted to you by your mother. So my spiritual director keeps pushing me is, you know, like when you pray, you're not beckoning God. God's already there. You're just turning your attention towards what's already present. So this idea of the pillar of fire, the column of smoke, that physical manifestation of God's presence, but also like God's presence is like, you know, their, their response when they see all, uh, when they see all of Pharaoh's army bearing down on them is um, 
They say to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Their language is just like, great, Moses. Another fine mess you've gotten us into, (laughs) right? And what's fascinating is like God's presence overwhelms their fear. Not because they've asked – they don't pray to God in that situation. It's like God's presence enables them to be faithful. Mm. I just like that paradigm shift for me. Annie, be faithful enough and God Mm. will show up as opposed to God is present and God's presence enables you to experience faithfulness. Mm. Is different, Right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I'll tell you what, if you go across this sea, then God will appear when you get there. It is God appears in such a way that you're like, heck, I'll cross the river. Like, what can't yeah. I do? Right? Like God's presence is the thing that allows them to do impossible things um, mm. and to and to live into a life of faith, to walk through the water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see it over and over again. Jesus doesn't say, you know, Jesus doesn't say, I'll tell you what, go walk on that water, Peter, and then I'll join you. Jesus mm-hmm. is out on the water, and Peter's like, here I come, but it's because Jesus is there. So just thinking in terms of how that might affect my prayer life, if I was trained like you were by your mother, to believe that God's present and ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that prayer is really just a, it's almost like, I mean, that's where we talked about repentance before. Like repenting is like turning around to recognize where God is. So the prayer is just the action of acknowledging the presence. Mm. Then how would that change my prayer? That's interesting. You're also part of something. Did I ever tell you about when like I first became a preacher and I was like, really, really, I mean, I'm always nervous before I preach, but there was this one time where I was like paralyzed, like Mm -hmm. before I started and I was on the floor of my office lying down, not relaxing at all, but like trying to put myself in a posture of relaxation so that I could get through. Get yourself there. You know, and I was just, I was going to go preach in front of like, I was at a, I was at a a school church combo in the Mm. school, you know, there's like 1200 kids and I'm preaching in front of like 400 of them at once or something like that. So I remember lying on my back and, and saying to God, like, you know, like, like, please don't let me. Met, like, please don't leave me. Please don't let me down. Like, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like there's all these people. I don't want to like, disapp- you know, disappoint or whatever the language is. I don't want to have nothing. And God's response is one of those times, I don't always hear God talk the, the, or notice that that's what it is, I should say. I don't right, always know right. that it's God talking. God very clearly responded to me, you, there's 350 people out there. I'm not going to let them down. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, it's not about me. Like, I'm, I mean, he's going to use me because that's part of the deal. 
but not for my sake. Right. Like he's like, God's like, there's hundreds of people that have the opportunity to hear something about me. I'm not going to drop the ball on that. Right. Right. And that was such a comfort to me. Um, Mm. But it was also like a recognition of like, there's something bigger at work here, Phil, than whether or not you succeed or fail in this moment. And I've got a thing in place that I'm working on here. I've got relationships in place. I've got care, careful work and, and investment in each person. So welcome to the party. You're in it. It's not like I was out, but also I wasn't the, I wasn't the purpose of the party. Right. You, you just saying that and looking at these, um, the descriptions of these types of prayer, um, there's so much of offering what we already have. So like we present our own needs, we bring before God, we offer ourselves, we mm-hmm. say we are sorry, we offer our gratitude, we praise God, we lift up our hearts. None of it is asking for anything. No. no it is merely being present with your whole self yeah. and and honest with yeah. what you're what you're coming to God with and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's something, isn't it? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like that's nothing, you know? Yeah. But it's all there. And so to think of to think of this story, they showed up and they went and they didn't ask. I mean, they were mad, obviously. Yeah. But they brought them whole, their whole selves to this to this party as not party, but you, you know, your, your, um, your words there, they brought them, they brought themselves to this trusted and literally walked in. Yeah. Mm. What's hard, like, what's the hardest part for you about praying? Uh, recognizing it or doing it. I mean, just literally doing it. Same. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you put all these things in place to like, try to help yourself make it happen. Or you read a book or you take something on or you, um, you know, try to, to which one, like what prayer from the, the book of common prayer could you pray daily or whatever it might be. Um, Discipline. But literally doing it, it's just not happened. This yeah. is where Islam gets it right. Is it five <laughs> right? times a day? Is it five? I, I think it's five. You're yeah. just like, oh no, we didn't ask how you felt about it. And it's not like you have to come up with new prayers. The prayers are the prayers. But like five times a day, stop what you're doing. Okay. So when I would say to that end, you know, we have rules in our house. We we pray before every meal. Right. And we pray before going to bed. Yeah. And we don't do personalized prayers before we go to bed. We do the Lord's prayer and we do mm. keep, and we do keep watch dear Lord every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and every once in a while I'll, I I get like I feel guilty and like my 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 the the former evangelical in me is like should I be like you know trying to make it more of something and like mm-hmm. or if like I feel like my kid needs to understand that they're having a conversation with their maker. Right. I try to like kind of break it, but, but, but we still come back to, these are the prayers that we say every night before we go to bed. Yeah. And, and it's not inherently emotional. Right. But we're building a pattern. Right. Building that muscle, building that, 
My 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 grandmother, I'm sure till the day she died or was able to, um, would she was Catholic and so she would pray all she'd pray for those who had died and she'd pray her um uh oh my gosh what's the rosary prayer oh uh, hail mary full of grace oh my Lord God. <laughs> blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of the thy fruit womb. of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now in the hour of our death and then you go on to the 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 one that's for those who have died yeah. there's like a yeah and so i remember you would like you would love this so i went and visited her in florida and she she's a big music like listening to music person and like we really bonded on that and so she'd go to bed she'd take her hearing aids out smart she she'd put frank sinatra on blare it so she could hear it and so I would hear it in my bedroom through the door, like clear as day. And then I'd hear her like shouting these prayers over top of this. And like that was her routine. And she would do that when she was living in Buffalo. She was like, I'm sure she did it her whole life. Like that was her prayer life. I mean, yeah. at least something that I rec- like I was yeah. able to see. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the other thing is my family – we, everybody has their prayer that we say before we eat. Okay. And so everybody says their prayer. My mom has this song that she sings and we have to do all like five of them before we eat. Um, but it's one of those things also, like if we're just there, we'll just all say them like as my dad's like walking around the, the kitchen or my mom's like getting things ready. Like if somebody wants to eat, we just start it. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we go into it. So it's interesting. I mean, those things I haven't, we have wow. our kids each have the prayer that they do it. Yeah. We didn't tell them. They just my son, my my middle child, his prayer is God, thank you for everything and everyone. Amen. That's great. He's like, let's just cover because my daughter wants to name everything twice. Ah. And he's like, let's wrap it up. Everything and everyone. And every once in a while, if he's feeling saucy, he'll say, Thank you for everything and everyone except COVID. Amen. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. I that's a great prayer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if we're gonna start making exceptions, the list might get longer, but you know, it's a good start. Mm. Um, it's really great. You know, what you just reminded me of, uh, especially with your grandma's story is I, I don't like I do repetitive prayer. Yeah, I, I don't have a good discipline around it, but I have a I have a um, um, I have gotten into um, I don't have a rosary, but I have gotten into praying Hail Mary repetitively. Mm-hmm. And I also um, I don't have a I don't have a defined practice of it yet. And I would like to. And I and I have also gotten into the and I uh, I have a orthodox prayer rope and yeah, with, and with yeah. each knot you say the, the the jesus prayer lord jesus christ son of god have mercy on me a sinner you yeah. can shorten it to lord jesus christ have mercy on me i like the long version because i'm yeah. me yep. but you know um i i go in waves of doing that i've i've gotten to the practice of praying one of those or both of those prayers alternating um while i'm working on my my dough for my bread mm-hmm. so i'm literally praying when i'm making the bread um, I can't guarantee it makes the bread taste better, but I, <laughs> um, and this is going to blow your mind. So while we're talking about this, a parishioner we both know, um, who is, um, in recovery, active recovery, um, 12 steps, 
every once in a while when they are, when I make it on their daily prayer list, mm. they will text me their list of the things that they're thankful for today with my name as one of the things that's listed. Wow. And they, they just texted me that just literally <laughs> while you were talking like about like their prayer. Isn't it crazy that I would have the audacity ever to doubt God? Like it's so like <laughs> things like this happen. And it's like, how do you, oh boy, my what do you need? Oh, I, yeah, I, that is, that's wonderful. Isn't that great? Like, yeah. I love that they do that. I love that they make the practice of having that in their life. I love that part of their practice is the comfort of sharing it with me. Yeah. And that they feel comfortable being like, oh, I mean, without saying it, essentially saying, today you were on my thank you list. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, plus, they clearly have a discipline, which is great. Yeah. That also speaks to something. Yeah. Mm. Have you gone through waves where you have been, like, do you go through oh, yeah. waves of being disciplined or how is Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... Um, yeah, I, I, one of the things that I tried to help myself in getting into these, into, to essentially one of the ways is, um, subscribing to Sojourner's verse and voice. So there's a, there's like a scripture, a prayer, and then like a different voice, like a different quote from Mm -hmm. a different person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even even like taking the time to go through and do those mm. um yeah i think i think the compline the beginning of pandemic i was doing compline on insta on instagram sure. pretty regularly yeah yeah and then i don't know right then it's like oh i know it just well you know why right why the devil <laughs> got inside me did something anyhow. It, well, it's fascinating because we're, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm at least, I'm at least 51% joking. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm somewhere near 49% serious because like there's this, well, because like there's a Pharaoh in this story that's trying to actively kill and enslave the Egyptians. I mean, the, yeah. the Israelites. Right. There is something from which they need to be freed and there is cause, there is reasonable cause for fear. Mm-hmm. There are things that assail us. And like I joked about it, but like I am perfectly capable of experiencing the doubt. doubt. And and I want to be really clear about that because sometimes people are like ambiguous about the way they talk about doubt. I am saying I am capable of doubting the existence of God. I don't yeah. just mean like doubting that God's with me. I am perfectly capable of being like atheism sounds like a thing. Right. It seems in a lot of ways – like a like a fairly reasonable option. And and that's something I mean I struggle with when people like, well, if I wasn't this religion, I'd be this religion. Mm. And I'm like, oh, if I wasn't Christian, I'd be an atheist. What are we talking about? <laughs> right. Maybe Jewish, just because I just love Judaism so much. But but realistically, if I were ever to be like, I'm out, I might just be out completely. Mm-hmm. I might be that guy. But then these things keep happening. But I don't – so I, I want to acknowledge that both are true, I guess, is what I want to say. Yeah. I don't want us to do like the – like, oh, it's just a matter of I should be more disciplined. Like mm-hmm. there are things actively working in your life that are keeping you from praying. Right. That's right. different from saying, Annie, I wish you'd be a better prayer. <laughs> right. Absolutely. 
gosh, if only I was better at this. Well, how about this is the eternal spiritual struggle? Yeah. Right? I want to turn towards God. There are things that are keeping me from doing so. That's it. Yeah. That's like, what are we talking about? Yeah. And the story that God, that, that God tells here is, um, I understand that. I will fight for you. You have only to keep still. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. You know, and I think, you know, all that conversation of the Old Testament God, I know you don't ascribe to this and I don't ascribe to this. But but people of, talk about it. It's worth talking about. Yeah, that of, uh, of a vengeful God yeah. or an angry God. But literally in this scenario, it's like, it's okay. Just sit there. <laughs> yeah, I think, and, 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 and here's, instead of saying God of the Old Testament isn't vengeful and angry, I'll say this. Yeah. The God of the Old Testament is vengeful and angry. At yes. injustice and at the people who would be wicked and cause harm. The anger, the anger of God is a just and healthy response to abuse, to uh, marginalization, to mm. oppression, to, to systemic injustice, and the decision to keep people down for your own betterment. God is disgusted by this. Mm. You and I grew up kind of soaking in the American Christianity that God was disgusted if you like used the wrong words or liked the wrong person or believed the wrong thing. But yeah, but God is not, that is not God's bag. God is disgusted when by, by the system of slavery and oppression and the anger that we see from the angry, vengeful God is generally at those spaces where those where people use their power for ill or people who have meant much seek their own continued self-aggrandizement and and building up at the expense of and and or in the neglect of those who are in need mm. it's not like it's not you weren't nice enough or faithful enough or didn't pray hard enough so you disgust me yeah it's like you aren't you are actively seeking to harm. And so the one who's really comforted, I'm interested, instead of us being scared of the vengeful God, of being like, what would it be like to be the people who read those words and were comforted? Because they knew that their God was looking out for them and was exactly about them. yeah. Right. Comforted in a protector, comforted yeah. in somebody who's there for you. Yeah. Comforted in your ally, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, yeah, that's powerful. So cool. God, I mean, God's not angry. Yeah, no, God's angry, actually. Yeah, yeah. And anger's not bad. Again, something else that the narrative mm-hmm. can be flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and same God, right? Same <laughs> and same God. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure where everyone thought that Jesus was cute and cuddly. Right. He, he He's so, mad. oh, well, and he gets mad and he's also just like, He's just intentionally difficult. Mm-hmm. And then he'll turn around and be like, don't worry. Don't worry about, but, but even that like is so yeah. like, how dare you tell me not to worry? Who do you think you are? Tell me not to worry. Right. So, yeah. Oh. Hmm. 
So I guess I'm curious, like, okay, so this conversation kind of is having an effect on me because mm-hmm. just the idea of, okay, let me get, let me go. How meta do I want to get? Go for it. Okay. Um, the thing that God says in this through Moses is you have only to keep still, right? God's going to do the work. You have only to keep still. Um, this, this is the thing that's happening to you. You have a part to play in it. They got to actually do some walking. But God is the one who's going to do this thing. Well, baptism, we say in our church, is something that happens to you, not something you do. So there's this idea of like, you've got to get it done, but it's actually something that's done to you, which is really important to me. But likewise, then what if prayer mm. also is not something that I do but it's something that I allow to happen. Like mm. now I have something to do. It's not nothing. I have to make space. I have to, there's something I have to do. But what if I thought about prayer? God, I keep thinking, no matter what I tell other people, of course I think I'm not good enough at praying or I don't pray enough. I come in from that. I, I, I approach prayer from a de- debit deficit mindset. But what if every time I pr- I do pray, I start from like a place of like, oh, thanks for inviting me to pray, God. How how cool, right? Like, and and then just start from there, mm-hmm. and think about every time I pray. Like, what if I just wasn't sitting here thinking about how to be a better prayer? I was just grateful right. for every time I prayed. How might yeah. that be different? Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, and, and that idea of just calm your mind for a second and then what happens. Mm-hmm. Just be still and what happens. Yeah. You're going to start thinking about people. You're going to start thinking about things in your life. You'll probably think about work. You'll probably think about other things. But, but um, allowing those things to come to you and what you do with them. Yeah. Or what you bring with yourself to them. Yeah. Hmm. I'm really – so we're talking about – like thinking about what we've been talking about last week with baptism and this week with prayer in terms of – in terms of um, Lent. Yeah. And that work of repentance, not as we're not trying to figure out how we're like how we could be better at this, but just sort of meditating on how it exists in our lives and allowing for that to be something. You know, like we were talking last week, like the that we had a I had a plan for what my daughter's my firstborn's right. life was gonna look like or birth was gonna look like, and then it looked like something completely different, and that was perfectly acceptable. Yeah. What if that was true? What if that were true as well for like the the story of your baptism, the story of how you prayed today? What if how you prayed today is is, is enough? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What if for you? What if writing those names down was enough? What do I do with these names? It's like you did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but shouldn't I like say a thing? I guess if you want. <laughs> That's great. I had a um. I had a revelation uh, um, 
which at first I thought was just me figuring something out. But I think as I look back on it, I think it was a God moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was earlier this week or if it was the end of last week, but I think it was earlier this week. It was, it was Monday morning. And uh, let me tell you the time, date, and location of my spiritual <laughs> revelation from God. Um, um, but I, I was thinking back on some choices that I've made and that I wasn't psyched about and doing the regret thing. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me that if I were in a similar situation, I would probably do the same mistakes again. And the thing that I heard say, and I thought it was me saying it, maybe it wasn't, was, um, you know, you're going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again for the rest of your life. And I got to tell you, there's a point in my life, most of my life, where I would have heard that as a condemnation or like a you idiot. Mm. But but on Monday when I heard it, it was actually a gift. Mm. It was like, you, you're you're going to be stuck in some of this. So in other words, like, how far along have I gotten in prayer? Oh, no, you're, you're going to be bad. At, you're going to be bad. You're going to be – you're going to pray like this. This is how you pray. That's kind of it, man. Like, mm-hmm. so now what? Mm. It's uh, – so uh, with my therapist, we've been talking about, like, what can I say to myself when I don't feel like I'm enough? Mm. And, um, it's the, what it is, is I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so much of this kind of, um, speaks to that as well. Yeah. That, that you are your whole self and you're bringing your whole self. If somebody says you're not, then that's, that's a different conversation and that's on them. But, um, yeah, these things exist if you are there. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. How do you? So then, is it? Does it become a thing that you say over and over? It cuts. It's it's the thing that's supposed to cut into the loop, right? Break, so like those break lo- the cycle. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Thinking about sometimes we have a desire to like be more religious or like, which is to say be more disciplined or like, right. The reality is like we're, we are religious. It's just about what, like you're going to, you're going to, which is to say, let me say this a different way. You're going to talk in a loop about something. Like your brain works like that. So you're going to, you're going to loop in some kind of like, you know, am I, it's the question is, are you going to, are, is the loop going to be something that is loving? Mm-hmm. Right. Or something that is unkind. Right. The, 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 there's a, there was something I learned about, um, I guess I might have been seminary. I don't work, but the idea of like, you know, you remember in, you'd hear in the old Testament about false prophets. Mm-hmm. Well, so the false prophets weren't necessarily, um, wrong incorrect mm. incorrect mm-hmm. which is to say they very well could have like and there's even there's a there's a prohibition against soothsayers in the old testament mm. 
Mm. Not because they're liars. Not because they're incorrect. Like about what might happen. Right. A false prophet is false if what they are predicting or teaching, because remember prophets aren't just predictors, right? Is something that leads you away from faithfulness to God rather than towards faithfulness to God. So it's not that you're a false prophet because you got it, you got certain facts incorrect. Right? So you might have a loop that's really mean to yourself. And those things might actually be accurate. Right. That doesn't make it okay. Right. Like you might be incisively correct about things that are wrong with you. Right. Right. Is that the loop that you want playing? Right. So you're like, I am enough. I am okay. Like, is like an insistence. It's not those things aren't even necessarily accurate. Right. Right. This is tricky language I'm about to use. This is like super fancy. It's not that they're not accurate, but they're not true. Right. Because if it doesn't point towards the truth of your belonging, then it's actually not the truth of you. It might be factual in some ways in the, in the, in the moment, but it's not the truth. Your truth is different. Right. And again, back to the, what direction are you going? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. What are you going towards? And then yeah. the Israelites are going towards freedom. Yep. Deeper into the heart of God, which is wilderness, by the way, and uncertainty. And the only thing that is certain is God's presence and God's provision. And that continues. Mm. Yeah. O oh Lord, Lord, mercifully, mercifully receive, receive the prayers, prayers of your, of your people, people who call, who call upon, upon you, and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought, they ought to, do, to do, and also may have grace, grace and power faithfully to accomplish, to accomplish them. them. Through, Through Jesus Christ, Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, Spirit one God, God now, and, now forever. and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Thanks, friend. Yeah. Every time, every time I come it's to it. Like, it's almost like there's something bigger at work here.